Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett, and this is the Tuesday broadcast, and this is part two on Psalm 46, Can I Trust God? As we look at this amazing psalm, we discover some wonderful truths. We discover three prominent truths. Number one, God is our refuge. Now listen, you can go to him, you can rest in him, he will provide safety for you, and he is where we find our refuge. And secondly, we learn that that he is our river. You know what I think about rivers? In the middle of the Garden of Eden, a river flowed. It was a place where God communed with Adam and Eve. The river is separated into big four headwaters, sending out life-giving waters through the land. And this is how God wants to sustain us. God prepared a means of our sustenance, and He gave life for the nations through the rivers, and now He gives life to us through the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible begins with an earthly Eden and an earthly river, and then it ends with a heavenly Eden and a heavenly river. In the last chapter of the Bible, we read of a river of life flowing from the throne of God. Here it is in Revelation 22, verse number two. On each side of that river, there stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, And the leaves on the tree are for the healing of the nations. Now, isn't this amazing? There stood the tree of life. When God created the Garden of Eden, if you remember, he planted two trees in there, along with the other forest, but there are two prominent trees that are mentioned. One is the tree of life, and one is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, God gave Adam and Eve a test. That was a test because God gave them a will. Now, if there's a free will involved, there's got to be a choice. If there's no choice, there's no will. So when God gave Adam and Eve the power of a choice, God gave them a volition, there had to be an option. They had to choose between something. Because if there's no choices, how can you be free in your will? So God says, I'm going to make it as easy as possible. I'm going to plant two trees. One is going to be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and one is going to be the tree of life. Now, Adam and Eve, you can partake of every tree of the garden. And if you take part of the tree of everlasting life, the test is over, right? But if you take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will bring sin into the world. So they had a choice. And all they had to do is go to the tree of life and the test would have been over, right? They would have held their free will, but they would have been perfect. But they made the wrong choice. Now, we know what happened to the Garden of Eden. It was closed off. It was later destroyed. But what happened to the tree of life? Well, I can tell you what happened. According to Revelation 22, verse number two, it's up in heaven. It was transplanted. It was created for the Garden of Eden. Then it was transplanted to heaven. Revelation 22, 2 says, there stood the tree of life. So in the final pages of scripture, we see God's heart for the nations, and for people. This river of life that the psalmist refers to is a river that is associated with healing. Even Ezekiel had a vision of a river and the life-giving properties flowing from the temple, God's glorious presence. 
You see, that river of life not only brings healing, but it also brings a harvest. There is a river of harvest. The harvest on God's heart is this, the souls of people from every tribe in every tongue. I pray that for 2024, you have a passion to see people get saved. This year, I am following an opportunity. I'm asking the Lord to give me an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody every day. Now, I know that's a tall order. That means I'd have to share the gospel 365 times. Well, we are already a little bit into January, and uh, I've had several opportunities in this brand new year to share the gospel with people. And I find that maybe a good way to get the conversation started is to ask if you could pray with people. Now, I did this at Home Depot the other day. I did this also at Foodline just last night. And uh, my son, I wanted to get some things from Foodline. And so, uh, as you know, I have a special needs son that has autism. And so we go to Foodline a lot. And uh, I kind of let him pick out what he wants. And we were going to check out and all the self-serve checkouts were full. And the guy motioned me over, hey, come on, I'll take you over here. So we went over there. And he checked us out, right? At the end of him checking us out, uh, I said, hey, thank you so much for helping us. Uh, I said, just before I go, how can I pray for you? And he gave me some prayer requests with his school situation that he's facing at school. So right there, I shared the gospel with him. I said, okay, can I have your name? And so I'm going to be looking for this guy. I have his name, and I'm going to go back to see him and uh, hope to get a chance to follow up with him. So what are we doing? We're planting seeds wherever we go. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. If you're tapping into this river of God, you can't help yourself but to be glad. The streams make us glad. And we have this ability to have our spirits lifted. You know, the river of life flows from God's very presence. Consistently, we see the river of life flows from the very seat of God's presence the place he inhabits, the place in which he lives. So the psalmist reminds us that God is our refuge, our place of refuge, our place of safety, our place of protection. But God is also a river. And he's going to give us the things that we need to navigate through the brand new year. Ezekiel says, as he has a picture of the life-giving provision of God, he saw swarms of living creatures, and they will be living where the river flows. You see, where this river is that flows from the temple of God, there is always life. There will be large number of fish. There'll be a flowing of water, and it's going to bring about life. There's going to be a great place to go fishing because there's a lot of life. When I think about this, God has given us this wonderful thing, this institution called the church. Oh, I want to encourage you. You know, if you break yourself off from the body, that piece that is broken off begins to die. It's dead. But if you stay connected with the body, you have life-given provision. If you stay in the river or near the river, you have that life-given provision from God himself. It's an everlasting presence. As I think about this river, and I think about the sustenance that it gives to us, I'm reminded, and I read this passage in Revelation 22, 1 and 2, because here is some 
deep understanding as to what this river is going to be like. Then the angel showed me a river. John is given a vision of heaven. He's up there and he says, I see the river of water of life. And check out this river. It's as clear as crystal. So when God's presence is in your life, there is an element of purity within your life. He says it's flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops, yielding fruit every month, providing healing for the nations. Maybe you just need to get away and just tap into the presence of God, His everlasting presence. You will find that'll help you navigate life a whole lot better. What we've learned so far from Psalm 46, God is our refuge. God is our river. Number three, God is our ruler. That is, He is our sovereign. Verse number seven, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You know, as I think about rules, we tend to be somewhat uh, leery of rules, right? Nobody likes to be ruled over. We're in a political season, and we have an election this year, and I promise you that both parties are going to say that they believe in the rule of law. You know, the rule of law is called the supremacy of the law. It means that the law is above everyone and it applies to everybody. You know, the rule of law, in the purest sense, in its greatest sense, is an ideal, a goal, something to strive for. It basically says that it doesn't matter who you are, we all are living under a rule of law. There's not two sets of laws. There's one set of law, and we all live under that rule of law. Well, I want you to know that God himself is the establisher of the rule of law. Not only does he make the rules, but he lives under his own rules. There are certain things that God cannot do. God cannot lie, for example. God cannot be dishonored, right, or dishonor anybody. So God lives within certain rules. When we put our trust in him, we are putting our confidence in his sovereignty, We're acknowledging the fact that he is our ruler. Now, this is not a bad thing, right? We often think that this is, I'm being oppressed, right? I got to live under God's rule. Wait a minute, I want to do what I want to do. Well, everybody's living under a certain set of rules. Either you're living under the rules that you make for yourself, which will be constantly changing because you can't even live up for the own rules that you made for yourself. I was talking to a man just the other day. And he says, I made a rule that I'd be faithful to my wife, and I broke that rule. I wasn't faithful to my wife. And I said, wait a minute, you can't even live up to your own rules. And I said, welcome to the club. None of us can live under our own rules. So God is sovereign. The Lord Almighty, he is our fortress. We come to him 
and we discover that our life goes much better when we are living under his authority. And again, this is not a bad thing. Let's say that you have a fish, and this fish decides he wants to live outside the water. Well, the rules and the way the fish is designed is that he cannot breathe outside the water. He says, well, I don't care. I'm going to make my own rules. And so he, he gets out of the water, and what happens? He will quickly die. He cannot survive by breaking certain rules. So God does the same thing with us. He says, okay, uh, you can do what you want to do. You can obey your own rules, or you can make me the sovereign of your life, uh, or you can acknowledge me as sovereign of your life. He is sovereign, right? Whether or not we acknowledge or not kind of is irrelevant. He is sovereign. He is very gracious and very patient. Sometimes he'll tolerate us for a certain time living outside of his rules. But life is very brief. Eventually, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to give an account, right? And the books are going to be opened. And if your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life, you'll be separated from him forever. The psalmist is reminding us the Almighty Lord is with us. And what does he say? He's okay. Be still. Be still. And know something. Know that he is God. Know that he is sovereign. Know that he is your authority. He is the leader of your life. You know, you discover that things go a whole lot better when you put him first in your life. I am learning this lesson in a very slow way, right? I guess you could say that I'm kind of a slow learner. But if we will turn to God, we will discover that He can handle our lives much more efficiently than we can handle our own lives. So you can trust in Him. You can trust Him as we begin this brand new year. But let's say, as we look at this new year, how are we going to make it successfully? Well, let's make this the year that we get into God's Word, the year that we study God's Word, the year that we not just read it, but we study God's Word. Now, this year, I'm going to try to go through the Bible four times. I'm doing the 90-day Bible, and it's actually on the YouVersion Bible app. They have all different kind of plans. Maybe this year, you'd like to read through the Bible in a year. Well, why don't you go to the YouVersion Bible app, and they have a one-year Bible. And if you're like me, you get bogged down, right? I've already read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and almost on the book of Numbers. And I tell you what, Leviticus was kind of rough, right? There was a lot of ceremony things that you learned about in the book of Leviticus. And uh, and I, I'll be honest, I got a little bogged down uh, in the book of Leviticus and even in the book of Numbers, okay? But what I do is I, I listen as I'm reading it. And that helps me to, uh, especially pronouncing those hard words, right? And it helps me keep focused because uh, you kind of got to know how you are. I'm more of an auditory learner, so I do better by listening to things. But maybe you're more of a visual learner and you need to see it. I found that I can read a verse and totally forget what I just read, right? But if I hear it, it's more likely to stick with me. So find out what your learning style is and tap into that as you're studying God's Word. Well, as we begin this new year, let's make it a year of prayer and a year getting into God's Word. In Matthew 7, 12, we are told that we should be understanding this matter of prayer. Jesus says, 
Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, you should do even unto them. For this is the law of the prophets. So the law of prophets is this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, as I record this broadcast, my mother-in-law has been um, diagnosed with stage four inoperable brain cancer. And as we go through this time, we have had so many people praying with us and praying for us. And it's been amazing to see how much we feel the love of God's people bringing us meals and coming by to see us. And it's been such a blessing, right? Uh, So I would love to treat people the same way. Do unto others as they would do unto you. So maybe you're wishing that people were more friendly to you. Did you know that the way to gain more friends is not to try to be something that you're not, but the way that you gain friends is by being friendly to people. If you want more friends, be more of a friend. Don't be pretentious, right? But be honest in saying, I want to be this person's friend. And you can't force friendship. But I've discovered that if you are a friend, a friend loves at all times. A friend in need is a friend indeed, right? So if you need more friends, be more friendly. He that hath friends must show himself to be friendly. But then the rest of that verse says, there is a brother that sticks closer than a friend. So be a friend and you will become one with many friends. You know, all things that we want men to do to us, we should do to them. This is the royal law given to us by the prophets themselves. So today, as we look at this brand new year, brand new opportunities lying before us, let's read through the Bible this year. Let's be intentional about praying this year. Prayer is the answer that we need. We look in God's Word, and and God's Word provides us a lot of good information. But it's something about tapping into the throne of God through prayer. So let's spend some time praying and praying without ceasing as we begin a brand new year. So today, how can I pray for you? Would you send me a prayer request? Just send me a text message at 252-267-2365. I would love to pray for you. Beginning this year, wanting to pray without ceasing. Well, how in the world can I do that? Well, the best way of learning to do something is just by doing it. Begin by setting just a small part of every day, maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes a day, saying, okay, I'm going to begin this day. Before I get out of bed, the first 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to begin this day in prayer and get in the habit of doing that every single day. You discover that when you begin praying every morning, at first it may be difficult, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. When we do our Thursday morning prayer conference call, when we first did that, an hour felt like eternity. Now when we get on our prayer call, because we have so many people on the call uh, and so many people joining in prayer, that time goes by quickly. It's amazing how fast it goes by. It started by just being consistent in the little things. And then you'll find that God will make you ruler over mighty things. 
Isn't it great to know that we have this wonderful power and this wonderful ability to be able to pray? You know, that is part of our worship. In Matthew 4, Jesus said that you are to worship the Lord your God, and Him only are you to serve. So as we're serving God, as we're worshiping Him, as we're praying to Him, these are all ways of us giving our whole heart back to God, allowing Him to have control of all parts of our lives, not just the small area of our lives, but the big areas of our lives, right? So allow Him to have that corner of your life. As you begin this new year, have you ever thought about praying for humility? You say, wait a minute, I want to pray for boldness. Well, boldness and humility are not opposites. You can be humble, but yet have boldness. When we're thinking about humility, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12, Jesus says, the greatest among you, that'll be the strongest among you, must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So don't be afraid to know the fact that God is with you. Don't be afraid of people taking advantage of you. Oh, some people are going to try to, right? I'm not talking about being a spiritual doormat, but I'm talking about the fact that you are not one that is exalting yourselves. You're letting that to be a matter of prayer. So here's a simple little prayer that will help you in this matter of walking in humility. Show me, as my soul can bear, the depth of inbred sin. All the unbelief declare the pride that lurks within. That little simple prayer, four little short sentences, will help you to be set free from the pride that lurks within you. You see, when God hears your prayer, He begins to unveil your heart. When He shows you thoroughly who you are, you get a glimpse of who you really are, then beware, right? Because at that point, your faith is going to be sustaining you. That humility. Hold up that shield of humility. So Jesus says, be still. I say this often to my wife. I said, remember what Jesus said. Don't let your heart be troubled. No, let it be afraid. Hold fast and remember these words. We have an advocate. We have an advocate in Jesus himself. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Coming together, three in one, giving us this opportunity to intercede. And remember that it is the heavens are higher than the earth, so is his love for us, even higher than our sins. You know, God is so merciful to us, so patient with us, so long-suffering with us. I am so glad that he's patient with me. Well, I hope that you join me tomorrow because tomorrow Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week in the broadcast, I'm going to be talking about 10 ways in which you can live in financial freedom. I figured this is a good time to have uh, this uh, series on money because now we're starting to get the credit card bills from all the things that we bought in December for Christmas, right? And that bill is coming due soon. Uh, So we're going to spend the next three days talking about how to be financially secure and how to have some financial freedom as we begin a new year. Well, listen, maybe the new year, you need a new job, right? 
or you're looking for a job. Well, we have an opportunity at Hickory Ridge Community Church, and uh, we are always hiring for our early learning center. So if you love children, why don't you come and be part of the team? We are always looking for help with our before and after care, our preschool. We have a K-5 class. We have lots of opportunities for you to be involved. If you love the little babies, we have an early learning center. If you love the preschool age, we have a preschool department. And we'd love to have you be part of our team. If you're interested, you can shoot me a text, 252-267-2365, or you can call the church directly, 757-421-7500, and uh, you can uh, call and ask for either Sherry or Jeannie, and they'll take an application, get you uh, interviewed, and if it works out good, uh, we'd love to have you on our team. Well, thank you, Lord, for being with us in the middle of this broadcast. Thank you for guiding us in this brand new year. Give us the desires of our heart as our heart is in sync with yours. Thank you for those who listen faithfully to this broadcast. I pray a prayer of blessing upon you. Lord, we thank you today that you are our refuge, you are our river, and you are our ruler. May we walk in your peace that transcends all understanding. For those who are battling illness, I pray for healing. For those who are confused, I pray that you guide their lives. Allow their minds to be clear. And we pray this all in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557. Or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.